All right, so the test is uh, all multiple choice. There's a few matching things uh, on some of the court cases. Um, <clears throat> but uh, anyways, let's run through these things. So the first thing is the amendments. Uh, you got to know uh, 1 through 10, 14, 19, 24, and 26. So let's run through those real quick. Uh, the First Amendment has five things. Uh, it has the freedom of speech, the freedom of press, the freedom of religion, along with petition and assembly. We usually don't have stuff on the petition and assembly, so you don't have to really worry about those things. Uh, but just remember and know uh, about the fact that uh, the First Amendment protects your freedom of speech, and that includes symbolic speech uh, and all those things that go with that uh, from the government, all right, not from individuals and, and things like that. Uh, the freedom of the press, the press can write what they want to. The government can't stop them. Uh, it's called near uh, no, excuse me, prior restraint, uh, where they cannot stop the, the press from telling stories, uh, basically from criticizing them. Uh, and then the uh, freedom of religion, you've got two clauses, which we'll get to in just a minute, so I'll, I'll take my time there and go over those. The Second Amendment is a right to uh, bear arms. The Third Amendment, there's not a question on. It's the right to quarter troops. I think we should get rid of it. The Fourth Amendment is the uh, right to, or the safety from unlawful search and seizure. We'll get to the exclusionary clause in a moment. Uh, the Fifth Amendment has all kinds of things in it. It's your right to no self-incrimination. This is why I always tell you don't talk to the police. The only thing you should ask them for is a lawyer, and then you should be quiet. Um, the... Uh, yeah, those are the, the big ones. Uh, the Sixth Amendment is for your trial. So you have the right to a, a fair and speedy trial. You have a right to a lawyer. This is why the only thing you should say to the police is that you want a lawyer and then be quiet. Uh, the right to a jury, the right to confront your witnesses. So all those things go into the, the Sixth Amendment. The Seventh Amendment is your right to a jury in a civil trial. So I think in one of the reviews, I told you the story that my dad's estate was sued um, and we had to go to trial. Uh, my sister and I, as the personal representatives, waived our right to a jury trial uh, in that situation. Uh, the Eighth Amendment is your right to uh, freedom from cruel and unusual punishment. So typically our minds go right to the death penalty, uh, but that's any kind of uh, over-the-top penalty. So, you know, if you uh, grab a lady's purse or something like that off the street and you get caught, um, you're not going to go to jail for 100 years. All right, they're going to... Uh, whatever the, the, the fine and the penalty is, has to meet the crime. Uh, and then the death penalty is the one that's always questioned there. And then there's not questions about 9 or 10, so I'm not going to worry about those. <coughs> excuse me, the 14th Amendment, uh, it gave uh, equal protection. Or excuse me, the 14th Amendment defined what a citizen is, and then it created the Equal Protection Clause and the Due Process Clause. Uh, the Due Process Clause comes later. The Equal Protection Clause uh, is not on there specifically later, so let's talk about it real quick. Uh, basically, uh, in the 14th Amendment, you know, it says this is a citizen, and every citizen is guaranteed equal protection uh, under the law. So <coughs> um, everybody should get the uh, same rights, the same, the law should be applied to everybody equally, and they, um, it seems like it should be something that's easy but uh, it's not the uh, it's it's a problem this country's had is having the rights 
uh, equally protected. The 19th Amendment gives women the right to vote. That's women's suffrage. Uh, the 24th Amendment took away the poll taxes. And the 26th Amendment is going to uh, give 18-year-olds the right to vote. All right? So as far as knowing these things, uh, they need to be um, all... You need to, to know them because there are some matching things uh, that's on there as far as, hey, this is the, the situation, and then this is the amendment uh, that happens. Have you seen the Nimrod case? No. Oh, it totally fell on something. Um, and so, like, it'll say this amendment deals with cruel and unusual punishments, and you've got to be able to match it up with the Eighth Amendment. All right, so as you're preparing for the test, just be sure uh, you have an idea of what all the amendments do because they'll give you the, the stuff, and then you have to be able to remember that. The purpose of the Bill of, the right, Bill of Rights is to protect your civil liberties. Those are all protections from the government, so the government cannot take those things away from you. Uh, the government cannot take away your free speech. Uh, the government cannot take away your right to worship how you want to. Now, as far as free speech goes, just a side note, remember, you know, it's the government that can't stop you from saying what you want to. But people get all you know, you know, hot and bothered because uh, they can't say everything, because there are societal consequences, okay? Um, there was a couple last week's, uh, maybe Thanksgiving or so, there was a University of Florida uh, football recruit, uh, and he was on social media, uh, and I think he was rapping a song, uh, but... He was a white guy, and he said the N-word, and he, his, his scholarship got revoked, okay? Uh, so there are consequences to your speech. The government's not going to stop you, all right? So the government's not going to come and arrest you for something like that. Uh, however, the, uh, the, there are some things that could possibly happen to you. We're on November. Yeah. All right? So, anyways, there's that. The purpose of the Bill of Rights, once again, is to protect your civil liberties. All right, the Establishment Clause and the Free Exercise Clause, these are specific clauses to know. The Establishment Clause uh, says that <clears throat> the government will not create a state-sponsored religion, so there will not be a uh, first church of the United States that you're forced to go to, all right? And then the Free Exercise Clause, this allows you to worship how you want to as long as it's not illegal stuff. And we'll do a court case about the Free Exercise Clause uh, in, down at the bottom. So Free Exercise allows you to worship how you want to as long as it's not illegal, all right? So we can't start up a religion uh, and our, you know, ceremony is to... Uh, to shoot up with heroin every morning, uh, and that's our... Establishment, establishment. So the government will not create a religion. The exclusionary clause, this goes with the Fourth Amendment, and it protects you. And basically, if illegally obtained evidence is found, all right, they can't use it against you in a court of law. So if the, the cops come and they search you, uh, let's say, with probable cause for uh, a noise complaint, or something like that, and that's what they're there for. But for some reason, they find uh, I don't know uh, joint a, a joint or something like that from from marijuana or whatever. Um, in theory, they probably can't use that in the noise complaint and and and, and get you. Uh, it gets a little tricky, okay, with the exclusionary clause. So don't think that well they came for this, but they found this dead body. They can't arrest me for that. All right, it's, it's a little bit more uh, nuanced than that. 
and it, it typically, you know, obviously a dead body is going to supersede whatever else they're there for. Um, so don't, don't take it that way. But if they don't have a warrant, if they don't have probable cause, if they haven't asked your permission and they search you uh, and they find something, then they're probably not going to be able to use that evidence against you with the exclusionary clause. And that, and that comes from one of the court cases down there at the bottom, Map versus Ohio. All right. Um, the due process clause, this is part of the 14th Amendment. So we said the equal protection clause is uh, everybody's rights are, should be, or all laws should be applied the same to every citizen. The due process clause guarantees that every citizen is going to have uh, all the, the rights when it comes to your criminal proceedings. So from the time you're arrested, okay, and that goes starts with the Fourth Amendment, uh, unlawful search and seizure, and all those sorts of things, um, you have rights from that time all the way through uh, not here. All the way through your incarceration. So you have the Fourth Amendment right to protection from unlawful search and seizures. You have the Fifth Amendment right to not talk to the police. You have the Sixth Amendment right to have a, a fair trial, uh, a jury, and all those sorts of things. The Eighth Amendment protects you from cruel and unusual punishment. So even when you're in jail, <clears throat> you still have due process. And they can't just say, well, hey, we don't like the way you look. We're throwing you in solitary for uh, you know, two years here. That's cruel and unusual punishment. So due process is just all those things. It's just the fairness that the government has to treat you with uh, if they're going to attempt to take away your right to life, liberty, and uh, the pursuit of happiness, those natural rights we have. All right, the events of the civil rights, you don't really have to know these things. You just got to be able to put them in order, and they're in order here, all right? So on the test, uh, it's going to say, hey, put the following events in the correct order. Uh, abolishing slavery comes first. Women's suffrage comes next. Prohibition ends, and then 18-year-olds can vote. So just if you can memorize the order of those four things here, and then when you see it in the test question uh, or the, the, the test responses, A, B, C, D, um, just put those in order, and you'll be, uh, be in good shape. So I'm not going to go over all of those here, uh, but just remember to put those in order. All right, the court case Brown versus Board of Education. Uh, this is the case most people are familiar with from your U.S. history days, and you've got it probably in previous uh, school classes as well. But this is the case that ended school segregation. Uh, little girl, Linda Brown, um, basically you know, had to go to uh, the black school and walk past the white school. All right, And so that was, that was unfair. Plus, the whole fact that the, 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 the schools were always separate, but they were never equal, all right? Uh, and so it, this was actually, in, in retrospect, this was like one of the easiest decisions to ever make. There's those, those commercials where uh, it's like uh, picking this insurance is as easy as, and they got the guitar player from the Guns N' Roses playing versus some stupid little kid or something like that. Um, it's like, the, looking back, it's like such an easy decision. Anyways, uh, they decided that the, the separate but equal stuff violated the Equal Protection Clause. Okay, everybody's rights are equally protected, except for here in schools, right? Uh, so, you know, when you have these separate schools that aren't equal, that's not fair. And so the Brown versus Board of Education case is going to overturn that and uh, <clears throat> integrate schools. Now, remember from U.S. history, um, it took states uh, and localities, you know, probably, I'd say 12 years, 13 years to get fully integrated. Uh, most of the South was not fully integrated until 66 or 67. So it took a while to get it done, but it finally did get done. All right, the Civil Rights Act and the Voting Rights Act. So there's a question on the test, uh, and I may just give you the answer to this one on the test, uh, just because when I looked at the test, I didn't really like the question. 
Uh, but just so you know, the Civil Rights Act, uh, this was in 64, uh, and it was created to protect uh, people, okay? And it's going to stop, or not, it didn't stop because people still discriminated, but it was supposed to stop discrimination based on race, sex, religion, national origin, uh, all those sorts of things, okay? So the Civil Rights Act uh, was created to protect people and stop discrimination and the workforce and schools and all those kinds of places based on race, sex, religion, uh, anything like that. Um, and it's still something that's still cited today. So it's still around uh, and people will still use the Civil Rights Act uh, when they are getting, uh, if they get fired from a job for some kind of racial issue or religious issue or something like that, they will um, use the Civil Rights Act. Now, the, but like, if someone were to like be fired for, um, I don't know, like let's say they were fired and they were like the only one of like that ethnicity at the job, couldn't they almost sue them? Mm-hmm. If they can prove that it was, racially. yeah, racially motivated. Uh, the Voting Rights Act. Uh, this <clears throat> was in response to some of the barriers that basically the South put on people, uh, obviously Af- African Americans. Uh, but you know anybody that they tried to stop from voting, uh, and it made it quicker, or not uh, not quicker. Let me take that back. It didn't make it quicker. It made it safer uh, to register to vote and to vote as well. So the Voting Rights Act was put in place to assist uh, individuals, specifically African Americans, uh, with the registration to vote and then the actual act of voting. And and it, and it did its job. Uh, it increased the numbers. Uh, of people who were registered to vote. Uh, it increased uh, the number of African-Americans who went out and voted. Uh, it also increased the number of African-American politicians um, that got involved because the, they had a chance to win uh, after the Voting Rights Act. If you're a felon, can you vote? Uh, it depends, state to state. Some states don't let you. Some states have started to let you do. Yeah. So it's good. So the question was, I'm recording as well, just so you know. Uh, no, you're fine. You can, you can say. Uh, so the question was, can felons vote? And it just depends on state to state. I know Florida, up until like three years, four years ago, uh, didn't let felons vote, but then they voted to, once you're out, you can vote. So it just depends. Uh, all right. The Americans with Disabilities Act, uh, there's a specific question on the test about it. If you can just remember, know uh, that this act was created to help uh, people that have uh, disabilities, whether uh, mental handicaps, physical handicaps, whatever it might be, uh, it was to protect them. All right, so you can't not get a job because of a physical handicap or mental handicap as long as you can do the job. All right, uh, obviously, if you're in a wheelchair and have to li- can't lift, you know anything, but you, the job requires you to, to lift 100 pound bags or something like that. Obviously, you're probably not going to be able to get that job. But as long as it's within reason and you can do the job with your disabilities, you should be able to, to keep that. Uh, it also forced uh, states to retrofit. So uh, up into this point in the 90s, not every, you know, now it's like every place has handicap access, wheelchair access, and things like that. In the nine, early, you know, 90s and before, not every place has had that. Uh, when I first got to Central, they were putting a, a wheelchair lift uh, in to the commons area because they had stairs there and there was no access uh, for kids with wheelchairs to go up the stairs. They had to go all the way outside, all the way around uh, to get to the other hall. So when I got there, they were coming into compliance with the Americans with Disabilities Act. All right, the poll taxes, uh, pretty simple. This was a barrier uh, to African-Americans. Uh, you know, uh, you had to pay. And uh, at the time when this was in place, uh, a lot of African-Americans, and, and 
you know, a lot of poor whites couldn't pay either. And so this is where the, the grandfather clause came from, where if your grandfather was eligible to vote in 1864, uh, then you were eligible to vote without the poll taxes. Then the problem with that for African-Americans was, you know, slavery hadn't been abolished yet. And so obviously their grandfather wouldn't have been able to vote. But poll taxes was just paying to, to vote, uh, and it was set up as a barrier <clears throat> specifically to African-Americans. Suffrage, you just got to know this term is the right to vote. <clears throat> Excuse me. So if you see this, uh, just remember that it is, uh, all it is is the right to vote. It is not uh, you suffering, okay? Uh, the court cases, there's a couple of multiple choice questions, um, and then there's some matching. So just uh, keep that in mind. You'll have to, to be able to match the, the, uh, the, the items. Um, so let's go through the court cases, and that'll be it. So Gideon versus Wainwright, uh, the key thing here is two things. First off, it's a Sixth Amendment thing. So it deals with the Sixth Amendment and your right to a lawyer, all right? So Gideon was arrested for breaking and entering. He asked for a lawyer. At the time, they did not give lawyers to people with misdemeanors. They only gave lawyers to people who had been accused of felonies. And so Gideon asked for a lawyer. He was not given one. He couldn't afford a lawyer, and he was found guilty at his trial. And the evidence was pretty shady. There's like an old blind lady that said it was him. Uh, she probably wasn't blind, but I think she was old for sure. But anyways, um, she was kind of shaky as a witness, uh, and a, probably a good lawyer would have probably countered uh, her, but he was found guilty. He appealed saying, hey, I should have had a lawyer. The Supreme Court is eventually going to agree with him, and he gets a new trial. Mapp versus Ohio, the two things here. This is a Fourth Amendment thing, and it deals with the exclusionary clause up top of your thing, uh, of your review. So Mapp was a lady uh, she was at her house and the cops showed up one day saying they wanted to look for some escaped convict. Uh, he, he knew her or something like that. So they wanted to look at, look in her house. She said, no, they come back like a couple hours later, they flash a piece of paper, say, we have a warrant. It was a fake warrant. It was never, it, the, when they went to trial, it was never seen again. All right. And while they were looking for this person at her house, they found drug paraphernalia and they arrested her. All right, for that. So she was sentenced, charged and sentenced. Her argument was when they appealed, you shouldn't have even been there. All right, and had you even had the right to be there, you were only looking for this person. You found stuff of mine uh, in a situation where you shouldn't have even been there. And the Supreme Court's going to agree. And so this is where the illegally obtained evidence thing comes from. They can't use illegally obtained evidence against you, the exclusionary clause. All right, uh, Engel versus Vital. So this is the prayer and school case. So this is the First Amendment, and this is the Establishment Clause. So uh, back in the 60s, you know, the first thing we would do every day in class, would I would lead you in a prayer, a Christian prayer to be specific. Uh, and uh, people uh, sued, for lack of a better word, in this case. And the Supreme Court is going to agree that teacher-led prayer uh, violates the Establishment Clause and the whole separation of church and state thing. And so that's why, you know, we have a moment of silence in the mornings instead of uh, teacher-led prayer. Now, it doesn't put, some people get confused and say, well, no one can pray. Yeah, you can pray, and you can pray to whatever you want to in school. Just, I'm not going to lead you in prayer, okay? So when you get ready to take your final exam on Thursday next week, uh, I'm not going to hold your hand and pray with you before you take that thing. But can you say a little prayer to yourself? Sure. You can pray the whole time if you want to. Uh, no one's going to stop you. All right, Oregon versus Smith. This deals with the free exercise clause. 
So up top there, the free exercise clause. Um, so basically, Smith and his partner, uh, they were Native Americans, and they worked at a drug rehab center, and they went to a religious ceremony, and they got high on peyote as a part of their religious ceremony. When they got to the drug rehab center, they were fired. So mental note, don't work at a drug rehab center and go to work high, okay? Uh, and so they wanted to collect unemployment, and their employer would not would not pay the claim. So basically, just real quick, unemployment, your employer can always fight your unemployment claim. Uh, so they fought it, and that's why it's Oregon versus Smith, okay? And so <clears throat> the Supreme Court is going to eventually get the, this case, and they're going to decide free exercise does protect you and allow you to worship how you want to. So that's why there's all the different religions out there, from the, the mainstream to the you know, people that let cults to people that let snakes bite them and things like that. You can do all that stuff, but you can't do illegal stuff. All right, and so that's a fine line that the the, the government has to walk uh, between when things are you know illegal uh, and it's just kind of a, a face. So, uh, just a, a quick. Does this go with an amendment? The uh, the First Amendment and the Free Exercise Clause, freedom of religion. So uh, that is Oregon versus Smith. Neither here. It's a hybrid class. Uh, all right, last couple ones here. Near versus Minnesota. This is a uh, First Amendment case and freedom of press. Okay, so uh, Near ran a newspaper in Minneapolis, Minnesota, I think, or St. Paul, one of those places, and had found some evidence of government corruption at the city or local level or something was going to print an article. The government came in and said, you can't print that. Okay, uh, and so the uh, the newspaper sues, and so uh, the Supreme Court's eventually going to agree with the newspaper and near that the government can't stop the press from printing stuff, and I say stuff, bad stuff about the government. Okay, so just because the government doesn't like what's about to be printed, they can't stop uh, the newspapers. All right. Last couple, uh, California versus, and I, I'm going to say the name very wrong, but Acevedo, all right? So in this case, it's a Fourth Amendment thing and search and seizure. Uh, and so in this case, the police knew that, the, that drugs were being dealt out of this house. They could not get the evidence, though, to go search the house itself. So they sat on the house. And they saw one night a guy go in and then come out with all these plastic containers. They followed him. They stopped him for something. I can't remember if it was like a brake light or ran a stop sign or something. Anyways, uh, he got pulled over. They searched his car. They found the containers. They were sealed. They searched the containers and there was drugs in them. All right. So the argument that uh, the person made was... Yes, you had a right to search my car, but you don't have a right to open stuff that's in the car. So if I have a bag in there, you can't search my bag because it's something different. All right? Does it make sense to everybody? And so uh, the Supreme Court got this case, and they agreed with the cops. So they can search. They can open up stuff that's in your car. So just because it's something that's locked and sealed in your car doesn't mean the cops, if they pull you over for a valid reason and they search your car for a valid reason, they can search and open up whatever's in your car. 
there's another case from California that's not on the test, but it dealt with trash. So same kind of scenario. They were looking for, uh, they were sitting on a house that they knew was dealing drugs. They searched their trash and they found some drug paraphernalia and that gave them the right to, to enter. And so they went to the courts and the court said, yes, people can search your trash. So be careful what you throw away. All right, Greg versus Georgia. Uh, this deals with the death penalty. So Greg uh, broke and entered. Um, he killed someone in the process, got the death penalty, had said that's cruel and unusual punishment. Uh, so this is an Eighth Amendment thing. And the Supreme Court said that it's not and that it's up to the states to decide if they want to have it. So it does vary. Some states have the death penalty nowadays. Some states do not. All right. And then finally, New Jersey versus TLO. This is another Fourth Amendment thing. Uh, it deals with schools. So TLO uh, was a minor at the time, like 13, 14 years old. So that's why it's her initials. Uh, she was caught smoking in the bathroom and was taken to an assistant principal. The assistant principal decided to search her bag and they found drugs in there. And so they called the cops and she was arrested and, and all that stuff happened. Her argument in the appeal was that you didn't have a right to search my bag. It was unlawful search and seizure. Uh, the Supreme Court eventually gets it, and they decide that no schools can search your bag. So you don't have as many rights here at school. So, you know, there's not going to be an administrator, administrator that comes and just randomly searches your bag. But if you do something wrong, if you're AWOL, um, if you're, you know, uh, fighting or whatever it might be, they can search your stuff. And they can, then there's, you know, not really anything you can do about it. Even if it's unproper? Like I said, they're probably, they're not going to just come randomly search you. But if you've done something bad, if you broke a school rule, then they can search your stuff. That's a school. Well, they can. I mean, in theory, they could. Yeah, by classes. Yeah. You have a lot, lot less rights here at school uh, than you do out in the real world. Um, you know, they can search your car. Uh, they're not going to go out there and just search, but they do have that right. They can search your locker if you have a locker. Um, now, there is a case where this uh, this little girl, 8th grade, 7th grade, something like that, uh, some schoolmates snitched on her. Uh, snitches get stitches, but uh, they said she had drugs. And so I think it was just some Tylenol or something. But anyways, an administrator called her in and searched her and eventually made a strip search. And so, you, you know, you can't do that. So if some administrator tries to make you take off your clothes, run away because they can't do that. Or I guess let them and then sue the school system and uh, get your, your school paid for or something like that. Uh, but they can't do that. They can drug test you. Uh, there's been court cases that have backed up drug testing uh, for not just random students, but for if you take part in an extracurricular activity or something like that, uh, they can drug test you. Uh, so there's all those sorts of things. All right, guys. Uh, so that is the the review. Um, sorry for some of the interruptions. Only if you're listening to the podcast, uh, I was doing it while I was in class and people came in and out. Um, but there were some good questions. Uh, so those helped. Uh, but sorry for the people coming in and showing me passes. Some kid came in looking for an AirPod case and just all kinds of other stuff. So uh, anyways, if you have questions, as always, contact me, email me, talking points. Uh, we'll take the test in class on Friday, and then we'll get ready to review for your final. The final exam, uh, I think it's, it's a county, I know it's a county thing, uh, and it's either 30, I think it's 30 questions, so it's not going to be a long thing, but you will need your Chromebook because we're going to take it on there, and uh, we'll review as best we can for the, uh, they keep it secret, so we can't see the test, so we'll review the best we can uh, on Monday and Tuesday in class. So I would recommend, I know it's a hybrid class, but be in class on Monday and Tuesday so you can get ready, and then we'll take the test on Thursday. Mental note, it's not next Wednesday. You'll take your 5th, 6th, 7th period exams on next Wednesday, and then we'll take ours on Thursday. All right, guys, take care. Bye-bye.